if you if you want to stay, if you want to continue to enjoy the Lord's blessings, if you want to continue to enjoy the Lord's mercy and favor, you have to continually stay in His presence, no matter what. Even if you've sinned, you still have to make it a point to be in His presence. Even when you don't feel like you have to make it a point to be in His presence. Because in His presence, there's healing. In His presence, there's joy. In His presence, there's what? Liberation. So imagine if you've sinned today and you decide that you are not you are not going to be in the Lord's presence. You have like you have literally condemned yourself. Because where else would you go to find such things? Where else would you go to find such peace and joy? Where else can you go? Nowhere. There's nobody that can do you that like the way God does you. But for, for, for some, someone will sit somewhere and say, my boyfriend does me well. You have not seen anything yet. You will sit and say, my, my, my sugar daddy does me well. But there is a bigger sugar daddy somewhere. There is a bigger pot belly someone somewhere. Ready to supply all your needs. Your sugar daddy will not give you that peace. Rather, rather he will be calling you when you are in class. To come and meet him in some corner. The only place you can continually enjoy the Lord's blessings is in his presence, no matter what. Now let's look at Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was at the peak of, um, let's say, his ministry. He was at the point where he, he was like rounding up. And he had a man, a follower, a disciple called Elisha. Now, it got to the point where um, Elisha, Elijah was about to depart. And Elisha being a follower, someone who always obeyed the instructions of his um, what, senior man. It got to a point where Elijah told Elisha, tarry here. Wait over here. For I am going. Wait over here. But what did Elisha say? For as the Lord lives, and as, so, as, as your soul lives, I will continue to follow you wherever you go. I will continue to follow you wherever you go. Elijah was not the only person that Elijah was, was, um, was teaching or discipling. He had so many disciples. He had so many other people who admired him who were ready to follow him, but it got to a point where it was just Elisha who followed and stayed with him till the end. Elisha stayed with Elijah till the end. And what did he receive? A double portion of Elijah's what? Anointing. You have to stay with the Lord till the end. Even when you are struggling, like your feet is in the mud, you have to keep moving. You have to keep advancing. You can't stop for no reason. You can't even pause for a reason. You have to keep on following God closely. Because the moment you dare yourself, the moment you close your eyes more, the enemy will just come and snatch you. The enemy will just come and snatch you. You have to stay closely with the Lord. Amen. That was just by the way. Now, the Lord, in the beginning, it got to a point after God had created man, man had fallen, man had, had disobeyed God. One instruction, and that was it. He disobeyed God just because of some temptation some way. And he decided to do his own thing. And God being so good, at the point where man had fallen, he had a redemption plan. Someone say a redemption plan. So um, fast forward, then it got to the era where the Israelites were in bondage. Um, God had to call out Moses, come and deliver my people from Egypt, slavery, yada, yada, yada. Then 
God already had a plan to restore man. To restore man, to bring man from that falling nature into that glorious nature. So as you are sitting here, whatever that you think you have done, God already has a plan for you. And he executed that plan long ago before you even sinned. Before you were even born. He was thinking ahead. He was thinking about you. So God already had a plan for the Israelites, for his people. And then out, out of Egypt, he, he decided to unfold his plan further. And they got to a point where he had to make a covenant with his people. It was all part of the redemption plan. And you understand. It's not like God just stood up and just said, oh, I want to claim these people. So let me just make a certain covenant with them. He had a certain plan, a redemption plan to restore man into um, that glorious nature. And the covenants that he made with them, there were terms and conditions. Now, a covenant, as we learned from um, Apostle General's How to Catch God's Attention, is a mutual agreement between um, two people. So in this case, a mutual agreement between God and man. So it wasn't something God had imposed on the people, but then it was a covenant he made. It was a mutual agreement he made with them. So in your room... Um, you know that um, you don't have shito, but then your, your roommate has shito. You don't have, um, um, how do you call it, sardine, but you know your third roommate has sardine. So you all come into mutual agreement to come and do what's gashit or eba, to make it sumptuous so that all of you, you will not hunger. So um, God made this mutual agreement knowing that man will need this more because he, he wants to restore man back to that glorious nature and even more. So he had to come into an agreement with man. You shall be my people and I shall be your God. These are the rules that I want you to follow. These are the terms and conditions I want you to follow. Now, if you come to, you, like, we have heard of the Ten Commandments, the sacrifices, like, so many things. And you sit down and like, ah, this is just too much. Like, you have to sacrifice goats and bulls. You have to do this. Then the priest will have to do that. Then the, um, what, Aaron's, Aaron's sons, the other priests will have to do this. To the extent that two of his sons made a mistake and had to die by fire. So like all these things, like there were plenty. But then God, God saw the bigger picture. Someone said the bigger picture. He wanted to restore man into that glorious nature. He wanted to bring man into that place of fellowship with him. So he made out all those rules. Now, if you realize, there's this scripture that says the wages of sin is what? And the commandments that God gave to man. I, I stand here and say that the commandments that God gave to man, if you strictly follow them, then you actually receive life. Now, let me explain. So, um, in, the, in the beginning, man did not know sin. I mean, we, we sinned, but we did not know what exactly sin was. So, if I come to you and then I tell you that, um, um this, these are the laws of the country. This is what the constitution, right? The constitution. You have to go by this. You don't have to do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. At that moment, you have brought me into the knowledge of what I'm not supposed to do. Because in the beginning, I didn't know about it. I was ignorant. The moment you tell me that don't do this, don't do that, you have given me a certain form of knowledge. Now, at that point, the knowledge that God gave to them was the Ten Commandments. If you don't follow the Ten Commandments, you actually sin. So, in that state, God has given them, let me say, ten ways to sin. Do you understand? Relax. It is ten ways not to sin. 
But 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 in other in the other perspective, God has given them ten ways to sin. Like to properly, if I want to say that I want to disobey God today, I'll pick one commandment and say, today I'm not doing this. Do you understand? So God giving them the ten commandments and the rules to follow. The other side was that he had, he had kind of given the opportunity for man to recognize sin and to know sin. And to some extent, that is good. I'll tell you why. Imagine if um, we didn't know what sin was. Imagine if maybe you didn't know that, hey, this fire, it will burn you. Imagine if we didn't know what sin was. Don't you think that some way, somehow, the enemy would have brought us into the place of sin where we will mature even in sin? So God had to show us the way. God had to show you that, hey, this is sin. But the only disadvantage was at the moments that he showed us, that is where our eye clear, like we saw that, hey, like if in the beginning our eyes were open as um, Adam's eyes got open, this time our eyes had opened like wide to know that this is sin and this is not sin. And then what God, what, what the other disadvantage was that it brought condemnation because once you know the law, you can be judged by the law. Once you know, if, you, if your mother comes to the room, maybe that morning you woke up and you were craving a bowl of chicken. And then your mother comes to the room and says that you didn't, you didn't know where the bowl of chicken was. All you knew was, ah, there's some chicken in the house. I'm smelling it, but I just don't know where it is. And I'm craving it. And then your mother comes to you and says that, Coffee, I have a bowl of chicken in the cupboard. Don't go and touch it. At that point, you're, you're already craving it. And now you have come to the realization that there's a bowl of chicken in the cupboard. So now it is up to you to obey, to sit quietly and wait for your mother to bring you what? A bowl of chicken. Or you do, mm, magajia. what belongs to my mother belongs to me. So you quickly go and take as short as you are. Because you have the desire to go and sin, to go and take that bowl of chicken. You carry all the chairs, the small, small stools, just to elevate your height. Then you go up, open the cupboard and take the chicken. And you replace it with what? Bones. Foam. So even though God had given us the covenant, had given us um, the rules of engagement, the disadvantage was we were now um, subjected to condemnation. So God can easily say that because you did not do this, you are going to hell or you are dying. That was the old covenant. That was the old covenant. Moving forward, when you read Jeremiah chapter 31, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 31 to 34. So um, God was unfolding his plan in bits. He already had the plan of Jesus Christ since, since, since. But then he couldn't, someone will sit down and say that, why is it that God had the plan of Jesus Christ that you come and die for us? Why is it that he didn't just bring Jesus Christ all at once, but he made us have to go through uh, what so many rules, sacrifices, had to bring the law that could easily condemn us and all those things. Now imagine if you, you were in the dark room for so long. You were in a dark room for about 1,000 years. 100,000, let's say 100,000 years. Like you've lived that long and you've been in one dark room for 100,000 years. Then all of a sudden, I enter the room and I think that ah, I have to make things right. Why are you sitting in darkness? Don't you know that darkness, when you're sitting in one place, you can easily get depressed. Then I walk, John, 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 John. Then I go and turn on the light. Imagine what would have happened. In that instance, you would have blinded the person with so much light because the person had adapted to the darkness. The person had lived in it. 
had become part of it, one with it. And all of a sudden, you want to introduce something good, then you come and turn on the light. That would rather repel me. That would rather annoy me. In that moment, what would you have done? You shut, turn off the lights. Can't you see that I'm, I'm, I'm resting? Or can't you see that the thing is disturbing my eyes? For those who have the eye problem, you realize that when like so much light enters into your eye, you become very irritated. So instead of the person receiving um, that light, the person that you think is good for the person, the person will not understand what you are trying to do. Because you have brought the person full-blown, let me say, attack. In that moment, the person will think you are attacking the person. So um, if, if God should have brought Jesus in that time, the people wouldn't have appreciated Jesus' role in their lives. So he had to unfold the plan bit by bit. Had to now bring you the rules. Don't do this. And he had to teach you what sin was. So that if, 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 now if I say teach you what sin was, you understand. Knowing the other side of God giving you the, yeah. He had to now teach you what it was when you sin or when you go against this or when you go against that. So that when Jesus Christ comes, you will be able to better appreciate why he is dying for your sins. You will be able to better appreciate what Jesus was doing. Because at that moment, God has given you um, rules of engagement. And by your will, you, by your own will you, and energy, you couldn't even um, follow the rules. You couldn't even follow the rules of engagement. So Jesus had, Christ had to come after the old covenant. Now if I say the old covenant, you understand. He had to come after the old covenant, after the people had experienced all those plenty things. God knew that the blood of cows and sheep can never take and completely take away the sin of man. But then he had to start unfolding it bit by bit because of our fallen nature. Because of how man cannot completely embrace glory. So he had to unfold it bit by bit. First bring the old covenant. Make you go through all those things. Now this brings me to my um, title. The new covenant. So this new covenant. Now from what we learned during our Thursday midweek. The new covenant had to be sealed by blood. Now, they said covenant is sealed by what? Blood, as we linked. Even in marriage, when you, you say your vows and you say all that you have to say, then now you've, you've, you've entered into the room. You have to consummate your marriage. In those days, the reason why they valued you being um, a virgin so much was the result of maybe... Um, a virgin sleeping with another man. Obviously, there's going to be an issue of blood. Issue of blood. So, obviously, that's like a sealing of your marriage. The covenant between you people. You are forever bound with this person. But then again, if for one reason or the other, the person you did it with was not your husband, don't worry. The mercy of the Lord is upon you and he can deliver you. Amen. So the new, the new covenant had to be sealed. And see, God is a very orderly, meticulous, and principled God. I mean, he has all the power to do all things. But then he had to follow a certain order. He had to subject himself to a certain order. And imagine if God did not follow rules. Will you have the effort? Like, will you also follow rules? My God does not follow rules. I can do anything I like. Like, Sunday like this, people will be sitting over there. I can do whatever I like. In the house of the Lord, there's what? Liberty. 
But then again, God is a principled God. So he had to follow the rules of engagement. If I want to take away the sin of my people, if I want to make an everlasting covenant with my people, then I have to make sure that blood is shed. And the only blood that can forever and everlastingly keep this covenant is when my son comes down and dies or sheds his blood. Is when Jesus comes and what seals this covenant with his blood. Now I told you that the old covenant brought what condemnation. And that condemnation was as a result of you knowing what sin now was. And so God can easily judge you by it. But then again, you look at the rules and you realize that the old covenant was not perfect. Now, let me tell you why the old covenant was not perfect. The old covenant involved um, shedding the blood of bulls and what goods. And that cannot completely clean out your, for your, your sins. That, can, that cannot like completely guarantee or secure your forgiveness in God. Now, the second aspect was that it did not have the power to enable you gain that life that God wants you gain. God wants you well, God wants to bring you into a certain fullness, a certain glory, a certain beauty. But the old covenant cannot give you that power to do. That old covenant cannot give you that um, ability, that empowerment for you to to, to follow the rules or to extract that life of God. Now, if the wages of sin is death, then it means that obedience to God's commandment is what? Life. So, they, they, it was just like, collect. Go and do this and do this. But there was no power available unless maybe you... You, you access that power directly from God through fellowship. So you look at the life of Moses. Moses continuously communed with God because he had the chance to see God and know who God is. So at least he was drawing that strength from God to follow the commandments. But look at the Israelites. Those who haven't, like, truly, even though they were led by a pillar of cloud, pillar of um, fire, like, the, the evident presence of God as they were moving through the wilderness, they did not really encounter God the way Moses encountered him. So, to them, they did not have that power to fully obey God. They did not have that power to fully obey God. But in the new covenant, God had fulfilled that covenant. Now, I looked in the dictionary, and then I found fulfill, to fulfill means to achieve, to realize, to carry out. So Jesus had to come and live out the law. Jesus had to come and demonstrate what kind of glorious life it will be. If you follow these rules, and that is how come at the end of it all, you can see that he performed miracles. He was able to do this. He was able to do that. He came to actually demonstrate the kind of power that man will be able to wield. The kind of power that is available if you come into that obedience. If you come into that life of God. That life that comes out of obeying God. Jesus, has, Jesus Christ had to come and like simply play out the kind of life that God wants you to live. And that is why even in these days, all we talk about is Jesus Christ. Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on Jesus Christ. Even when the Holy Spirit came, he did not come to um, come and show he to his day. But then his assignment was to what? Glorify Christ. 
His assignment was to help you point and look at Christ. Someone say the new covenant. The new covenant. Now, if I come and tell you that I have um, these set of rules, and if, if you follow these set of rules, you'll be able to, um, let's say, get a visa to, to, to Holland. But then these set of rules, they are so difficult, like, because of your falling nature, they are so difficult for you to obey or to go by. And you look at my life, and you realize that um, I'm not following those same rules. It even makes it so much, like there is nobody to actually see and follow such a person, to actually look at that person as an example. Now, let me give you this scenario. You realize that it is easy to do as somebody is doing. If I come to you and I tell you that do this and do that, it is easy for you to do it if you see me doing it. You've never seen me mop before. You've never seen how it looks like to mop. And I come to you that come and mop. What do you come and do? You'll just be turning around and be, and the plan will never be accomplished. Unless you see how I did it. Unless you witness how I did it. Unless you see the yeah, unless Nafisa shows you, unless Irama shows you, you will never know how it looks like. So even though they were given these covenants and these instructions, they did not know all they knew was to obey. They did not know how and what, what it will look like, how it will go like, what kind of life you will live. All they knew was they, they just had to follow. So Christ had to come and demonstrate that life for them so that they can look to Christ and follow. That's why in these days, we can easily say that look to God and follow or else I will come to you preaching and all I will be telling you is thou shalt not this, thou shalt not. And all you do is you'll be nodding your head because you want to feel the spirituality. You can't come and complain to me that ah, you have said all of this. I have done it. Like, I can't do it. But now we have an example. Who is Christ? Now we can, we can read from the Bible and see that this is how Christ lived. This is how Christ did this. Now, let me give an example. You realize in the Bible, um, the Pharisees were all about the laws of God, like following thoroughly the laws of God. And it got to the point where um, a man had to be healed. God's plan was mercy. God's plan was love. But then because we did not know and we did not see the example that, or, or, or the way God wanted us to follow it out, we ended up going strictly by the rules that the main um, objective or the main plan or the main reason why he gave you all those things, we had missed the point. So all we were, we were doing, all the Pharisees were doing was following rules. So Jesus came in and said that if you're on a Sabbath day, if your, your lamb should fall in the well, what would you do? Would you leave the lamb to drown in the well or you save that lamb? You say that on Sabbath day, we are not supposed to work. We are not supposed to do this. We are not supposed to do that. But then there's a higher reason why he asks you to rest on that Sabbath day. It was because of fellowship. God gave the Sabbath day to them as a gift. Take it. Imagine if the, whole, if the VC got up and said, I'm giving the whole of one month, um, the whole of April to you. Go and chill and come. Go and chill and come. In fact, I'm giving you money. Go. What? Thousand, thousand dollars. Everybody. Go and chill and come. It's more. Go and chill and come. That's actually what God did. He said, go. Go and rest. 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Saturday, you've worked. Sunday, rest. Rest and just, just, just enjoy my presence. Enjoy my peace. But then it got to a point where man became so studious that chin -chin, you can't do anything else. You can't do any, like they took it personal even more than God. God himself that was giving it to you, go and chill. Go and rest. You there, you have taken, you, are, you have now become the rule, the, the lawmaker. You can't do anything. But then there is a neighbor by you who needs help. And Jesus Christ had the power to do. Will he watch that person um, continue suffering even on the Sabbath day? Even on the day of rest? Because they said I should rest, so I should watch my, my neighbor um, what, die. Because... Um, 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 Because your mother has given you money to bring to school. It is personally for you. You are following your mother's rules. You are obeying. So if your neighbor is, is broke and needs help, you won't give to that neighbor. My mother said it's for me. I should not share my pen. We used to do that in what, KG. They still do it. My mother prepared this food for me. She said I should eat it all. I shouldn't give anybody. Man had taken the thing so personal and forgotten that the, the, the reason why God did this was for love, was for fellowship. And you see, that is why Christ came and had to demonstrate that love. So even on that Sabbath day, even though like the people were annoying Christ, they were boring Christ, he still like he still in 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 the the process of healing the person. In the, in the process of doing contrary to what they were thinking. In actual fact, God was, Jesus Christ was teaching them the way to live. Like, he was kind of making it clear to them that this is not how it should be. It shouldn't be chin chin. That still love has to prevail. Love still has to prevail. The new covenant brings us life. The new covenant brings us um, um, the fullness of life in Christ. The old covenant brought us condemnation and death. But this new covenant, it brought you life. Because now it gave you the power to do. Let me tell you, it is possible to not sin. Even as you are on earth. Because Jesus Christ did it. So if you sit somewhere and someone tells you that because you are human and because you are what? You have the nature of human and things. It's, it's, to err is what? Human. But actually you can live this life without sinning. Because God has given you that power to do in the new covenant. And that is life. I'm going back to my point. Wages of sin is death. Obedience to God is life. Now God has given you that um, power to do. So obviously he has given you life. So as you are sitting here, there is, there is a high possibility that you can stay without sinning. And that is... If, if, if you are able to do that, it means that truly you have come into the walk in faith. The walking in the spirit. Don't let anyone deceive you that in, um, now that you are born again, there's, there's, there's the free chance to sin. I mean, the grace is available. But then strive for that perfection. And this is the reality. This is the truth. There is that point where there is that, in fact, there is that point where even in the whole week you won't sin. In the whole month you won't sin. In the whole year you won't sin. 
Do we all get it? The new covenant makes you righteous before God. The new covenant makes you righteous before God. Now, because, because of this new covenant, because of God, Christ coming to die for us, because of him demonstrating that life and making available the grace, now, we don't have to strive too much to remain righteous with God. The moment you walk into the presence of God, he sees you as righteous. So long as you have accepted Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you now put on the righteousness of Christ. And truly, it is only Christ that pleases God. It is only Christ that pleases God. So, just like they, they say, follow who know road. Or follow the person that knows the road. How do you say it? Follow who know road. Now, for you to become righteous in Christ, you have to go and put on Christ's righteousness. Because you are struggling, you are doing everything, you are trying to remain right with God. It's not doing. But God has given you an example. Put on the righteousness of Christ. It's simple and easy. And that is what? To what? Accept Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. I know all of us are born again. Is there someone who is not born again? So it means that you are righteous in Christ. You are righteous in Christ. God sees so long as you believe in Christ and you have faith in Christ. You are already righteous. Now, the only thing you have to strive for is holiness. To, the power has been made available to you. All you have to do is use that power to stay holy. The new covenant ministers reconciliation. The new covenant ministers life. Now, you realize that um, even though in those times they were they were sacrificing bulls, sacrificing turtle doves, goats, cows, and sheep. They, they, they were still far from God. But when Christ came, he brought in reconciliation. He, brought, he, he bridged that gap between man and God. He made this easy. That's why he said, I am the way. The way to God, I have brought you the way. I have brought you closer. Now, if there was no clear way, if there was no bridge, or if there was a bridge, but the bridge was not so stable, now I have come as the way to you, to, to God. Live the kind of life I lived. Move the way I, I, I moved. Do what I did. And you'll be far closer to God than you were. Now, the new, the new covenant is the substance of the old covenant. Now, the old covenant, they say, is the shadow, is the shadow of um, the new covenant. The new covenant is now the substance. Christ has now fulfilled it. Christ has now brought me, like, Christ has now brought... Um, some realization, some sense to it. Christ has now made it so clear and real that now it is a substance. You have an example. The old covenant was just like a glimpse, a glimpse of um, the, the glorious nature God wanted you to have. He just he gave you the rules. But this time Christ has brought the power. He didn't he didn't just made you see the essence of those rules, but then he brought you that power to be able to follow and live that glorious life. Tell yourself I will live the glorious life. I will live the glorious life. I have the power to overcome sin. 
I have the power to overcome death through Christ Jesus. And so I will live the glorious life. The new covenant is a very simple one and it's a very is the everlasting covenant. So if the other covenants that God made with them, I mean they are lasting. But then for this one that God has made, it is everlasting. Everlasting. There is no time where it will end. Because you will continue to live the glorious life. Continue to have the power to, to, to overcome sin. Continue to have the power to overcome condemnation. The glorious life. The glorious life. So now let me bring it here. If you are here and then you feel this oppression, you feel this depression, you keep on hearing voices, you keep on hearing um, naysayers, you keep on hearing things that dampen your spirit, you actually have the power, the power to overcome. But because you have not come to that realization, because you have not come to that knowledge, you've not made, it is not like a conscious thing in you. You actually allow those things to, to, to overshadow your spirit. You actually allow those things to enter your ears. But tell yourself, I have the power to overcome. I have the power to overcome depression. I have the power to overcome sin. I have the power to overcome anxiety. I have the power to overcome all negative spirits. Because God has given you the spirit that will quicken your mortal body. The spirit that gives you strength when you are weak. The spirit that gives you the ability to what? To even um, stay as you are suffering. God has given you that spirit to enable you to stand firm. Even as things are shaky in your life. I have come to encourage you that God has given you the power to overcome. God has given you the power to overcome shame. God has given you the power to overcome sickness. Because by his stripes we are healed. So no, no sickness can overcome or overshadow you. No sickness can overshadow you. No sickness can take over your body. No sickness can take over your parents' body. No sickness can take over your family's body. You have the power to overcome. You have the power to sustain, to stay. You have the staying power. Someone say the staying power. The staying power. God has given you all that. God has given you the life. Believe in him and you shall have what? Everlasting life. This is the reality of that life. And I've made it simple. The wages of sin is death. Christ came to take away the sin and has given you that life. So, so long as you are in Christ, you have the everlasting life. It's not like you are now coming to die and then um, um, now receive that life. So long as you are in Christ, you have received that everlasting life. You have the power to overcome sin. Because Christ has already condemned sin. Now, if between sin and the devil, I will say that you should be afraid of sin. Let me put in quote. You should be even more afraid of sin than the devil. Because... All the devil can do is for you to disobey God. All he can do is to cause you to sin. Now, if I am causing you to sin, and me, myself, I am not the, the, the sin itself, or I am not the disobedience itself, then it means there's another higher power. Do you understand? 
it is the devil now has that now has to come and cause you to sin. So it means sin itself, it is a whole total something on its own. Now you we read in the Bible that um I have to paraphrase. From the beginning, from when um, 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 Lucifer was, let's say, created, there was iniquity found in him. Iniquity found in him. It was not Satan himself that had to be the iniquity. It was the iniquity found in him. It was the sin found in him. And that, that sin is what? Disobedience. So you should fear disobeying God than anything else. The enemy is just around like a roaring lion trying to make sure that you, you actually disobey God. It is not the enemy you should be fearing. It should not, it's not the enemy that you should be afraid of. It is that, that, that ability to disobey God that you should move away from. Because the end result is what? Death. And if, if you don't allow the enemy to make you sin, if you don't allow the enemy to do what he wants you to do, then you won't do it. Because God has given you that power to overcome. So if you are sinning, it means that some way, somehow, you have allowed it. You have already created in your consciousness that to err is human. But then I've come to announce to you that you can actually stay without sin. You can actually stay without sin. And I always say that it is the Holy Spirit that helps. The Holy Spirit is like an extension of Jesus Christ on earth. Jesus Christ is not on earth. But it is the Holy Spirit that is now on earth. If those times Jesus Christ was at one place, now the Holy Spirit is everywhere. So now it is far more easier to do. It is far more easier to do. It is just, the only thing is that we have not come to that red, that consciousness that the Holy Spirit can help us. That the Holy Spirit can, can help us to do. That we can actually use that power to overcome sin. The power to overcome sin. So if you are here. And, and you are wondering. How is it that I can. How is it that I will follow all these that God wants me to do. How is it that I can actually walk in that life. How is it that I can actually follow the rules? All this um, don't do, shall do, don't do, shall do. How is it that I can also do? Christ Jesus is your example. And God has brought the new covenant for you to overcome sin. For you to overcome that, mas that masturbation. For you to overcome depression. For you to overcome all manner of things that the, the average man or the regular man or the, the, that nature of man easily attracts. Now we are going to lift up our voices. God has already given you that power. God has already given you that ability to do. But it is now left with us to walk in faith. To walk in that power. To walk in that realization. If I bring you an iPad and I tell you that this iPad can do this, this iPad can do that. And you forget that this iPad can do this. You can never use that iPad. Or you don't fully understand the instructions I gave you. You can never use it to its fullness. Now we learned that iPhone 13 is the what? Is the most powerful phone in the world. It's the most powerful phone in the world. But then some of us use it for what? Picture taking. Some of us just want iPhone to do Snapchat and streaking. The power is there. Like the phone has the power, but we don't know how to use it. 
We have used, all we know, all we come to church and think about is, oh, um, because God, God has made grace available, um, financial breakthrough shall come to me. Um, what? Um, 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 I shall not fall sick. I shall not do this. I shall not do that. But then you can have all those many wealth and riches and still not sin. That is where you come to the fullness of, of what God actually implemented. You are wondering how. How can I overcome this? How can I get over this hurdle? How can I go, like, move away from this situation? You know what you've been struggling with. You know what you've been battling with. You've been telling yourself that to err is human. And that even gives you the more power to continue. Then you come back to the God's, um, to God's house for, what, for grace. But then God is telling you that I have given you the power. Why do you continuously go and come? You can actually walk in that power and avoid all this guilt, all this um, feeling shameful, all this feeling um, what, disappointed in yourself all the time. You can walk in that power. Lift up your hands. Jesus Christ said that if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. Jesus Christ has already been lifted up. Jesus Christ has already been what? Exalted. He will draw all men to himself. He is ready to draw you into that glorious nature. We are praying and we are lifting up our voices. Father, oh God, may I come into the consciousness that I can overcome sin, that I can overcome oppression, that I can overcome oppression, that I can overcome slavery, that I can overcome slavery of sin, of sin. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, may I realize, may I realize, may I remember, may I remember, may I walk, may I walk in the life, in the life of Christ, of Christ. May I walk, may I walk in the footprint, the footprint of Christ, of Christ. May I. Overcome, overcome every footprint, every footprint of, negativity. of negativity. May I overcome, May I overcome every, power every power to sin, to sin, to err, to err, to falter. To falter. May, I May I walk in the power, in the power of, Jesus, of Christ. Jesus Christ. The power is available. Power is available. May, I May I have the consciousness, the, consciousness, the, ability, the ability to will, to, will, to, use, to use, to walk, to walk in that power. In that power. Lift up your voice and pray. And pray. Shut up at that time.